Welcome to For the Love of Dogs with Janice Wolf. Hey, we've got a little different uh, tap today. Um, I'm not going to be talking about all the things I normally do because you guys have been listening and you know exactly how to take care of a dog great. You know what a dog behaviorist is and you know what somebody pretending or purporting to have skills or talents is. You know how to feed your dog, when to feed your dog. You know all those things. You even know probably better than most of the pop-up agencies that provide service dogs how to train your own service dog. But what we're going to do today is very different, and we're going to start adding, uh, at the request of many, many of our listeners, to know a little bit more about other aspects of dogs. Now, on my TV show uh, with my good friend Dusty and Chris, um, we are going to be talking about a lot of other things, and we'll send you the links on that. You can also get that on BBS Radio. Um, but you will be able to learn so much more. But today, we are going to focus on making sure that if you are either uh, owning a dog already or securing or acquiring a dog from whether it's a breeder, a puppy mill, although we don't love those, um, or it's from a shelter or rescue or a neighbor or a friend or something you see on Craigslist or Facebook or other social media, we are going to go through how you can protect yourself to make sure that you don't have what happened to one of my clients. Now, when we think about our dogs, all right, now for me, I most of my dogs are dogs that I've bred, that I've created, that I've owned. Their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their uncles, their aunts, their cousins, they're, you know, six times removed because they're my line. And I've been a breeder for about 40 years now. So, I don't generally have that issue because I have American Kennel Club paperwork and I have all the records showing that it is my dog. And and a matter of fact, I won in court when somebody wouldn't return one of my dogs and she decided she was going to try to keep my dog. And of course I won because I had all my paperwork and I had the dog and it was my dog. But this gentleman was not so lucky and we're not going to use names, but you can figure things out from here. Now, the first thing is when you go and you're going to get an animal, and I'm not sure if this is going to apply to a bird or something that might not have uh, paperwork, although I'm sure the purebred show birds uh, would have some kind of paperwork. You have to make sure that you have a good legal document. So although I understand you may be madly in love with the guy or girl And you say, oh, I just love her. She would never hurt me. Those are the famous last words that everybody says. Yeah, I remember when I loved you. Now I hate you and we're in divorce court. Same thing that happens where typically more women than men, but people in general use children as pawns against the other parent because that first parent is, is, for whatever reason, lacking and decides that they have to ruin the child and not just ruin their own life and ruin their ex's life, but they have to ruin their child's life and make their child a pawn. People do that with animals. So today we're going to talk about how you can protect yourself from having the same fate as one of my uh, uh, clients had. 
So let's talk about when you get your puppy or your dog, or it could be a cat or something as well, but whatever animal or whatever item you are going to cherish. Now, it's a little easier, you know, if somebody takes, as long as it's not a 65 Mustang or something, or, you know, something that, that there isn't another exact one like, but let's say, you know, it's a 2018, you know, I don't know, well, there's no Ford Broncos yet, but let's call it a 2022, 2023 Ford Bronco, and it's a certain color, and it's got certain options, and you say, well, I want that vehicle. Well, guess what? There are a lot of them made, and they're all pretty much the same. So you could get one, and your ex could get one. Like, you can actually both have one. But when we start getting into living things, individuals, whether they're human or animal, although humans are the worst animals, notoriously, whether they're human or animal, you have a one of a kind. So this is why there's so much uh, problem and so many crimes of passion with people and with love because you fall madly in love with one person. They're even an identical twin. They're not identical, right? So this, this is the problem. We, when we're young and dumb and impressionable, think that, Everyone is going to behave as we do. And it's taken me a lot of years to learn this the hard way that, you know, I'm a, uh, people tell me I'm a very good person. I have a huge heart, ridiculously huge. And if I could change one thing, I'd probably change that and make it about, about a tenth the size, which would still be a hundred times bigger than most people's. Um, I love to give. I love to do great things for people. I love to give service dogs to people. I love to help them and help rescues free of charge. Um, I do a lot of charity things, and that's not about me today, so I'm not going to talk about this, but I want you to know where I'm coming from. I see people very often who are trusting to a stupid fault, and, and I was one of those people, and I am no longer, and I'm much happier this way. You have to Obviously, like I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, strong fences make for good neighbors. So if a strong fence makes for a good neighbor, what does that mean? Let's think about that. So let's say you have a dog, you have a cat, whatever. You own a house, you own whatever. And then for whatever reason, you know, you meet somebody wonderful and, you know, they're coming into the the life after the fact. Well, those kind of things are pretty cut and dried, except with animals. Because we don't put the same legal help or legal uh, timing into having an animal uh, protected under the law as we might with a house or a car or something else. Now, in the law, and in New Jersey particularly, all right, every animal is considered a possession, like they call chattel, C-H-A-T-T-E-L. So chattel means like it's owned by someone. So an animal doesn't inherently have rights as a living creature. It doesn't even get considered really as a living creature other than it's not allowed to be abused or hurt or or whatever. But the ownership and the control and custody of that animal is much the same as if it were an argument about a refrigerator. Or if it were an argument about a book you like or something else that you possess, something that you own. So it's considered to be an owned item. And that's the problem. I had a very interesting case. It's not quite over yet. 
that's up in the, I believe they're up in like the um, area up near like Detroit and Chicago. They're, they're in that general area. Um, and the husband has two dogs. The wife moved to an apartment, you know, like 500 or 1,000 miles away. The husband is in the original house, which was his. And the husband wanted to keep both dogs because they're two older dogs. They're, I believe, 11 or 12 now. And the issue is those dogs are older. They're not like my dogs at 11 or 12 where they're like super healthy and still running around and and playing. These guys are kind of brachiocephalic, you know, pug kind of dogs. And they're not in the greatest of health just because of their age and the combination of what they are. But the issue is that the ex-wife now, uh, decided she wants to hurt the husband, and how better to hurt him than to try to take uh, his dogs? Well, first thing I would say is, all right, anybody who would harm an animal or a child or another person in order to get vengeance or a vendetta or get her pound of salt or pound of flesh, because that's why I said the salt first, she can go pound the salt, but she is angry. And I don't know why so many women, it's not all of us, certainly, but it's a, a number. We get scorned. We get upset. Um, and kind of girly-ish guys, um, you know, who are like, I, I'm not talking about an emotional guy, because that's great. I love guys with, you know, open and honest. But, you know, there are those whiny kids that, you know, were whining when we were in elementary school, the whiny kids and and, and they grow up to be whiny adults, and they feel like everybody's out to get them. Well, so this wife, um, and I don't know her, I just know him, um, I'm his expert, apparently decided that she's going to get back at him by trying to take the dog. So she decided that she was going to take the dog, or at least attempt to get the dog, as a vendetta against her soon-to-be ex. Now, I'll ask you, who is she hurting? Is she hurting him? Well, yes, indirectly, because, you know, he's not going to be able to potentially enjoy these dogs. Um, but she's hurting the dogs because she wants the, the two dogs to be able to travel back and forth. I believe it's about a thousand miles. So it's, uh, you know, a thousand miles every other week or whatever. So they'd be a week on, a week off and drag two 11 or 12 year old older geriatric, you know, not in the greatest shape dogs, a thousand miles because she wants to hurt the husband. Now, if you really love the animals, you would sit down together and you'd say, okay, what would be the best for the dogs? Okay. Is it to be separated? So that, that was the next idea was like, okay, you can have one and I can have one. Oh, okay. That's fair. You know, one Twinkie for you and one Twinkie for me. That is not the way to handle living things. That's like separating two siblings who are close and who grew up together and separating them and sending one to the mother and one to the father. It's the old adage about, you know, Moses being, uh, you know, dumped into the Nile in a, in a little area for the, uh, you know, for somebody uh, to be able to pick up later, which is how he became Famous, I guess, uh, well-known, a prince of Egypt, prince of Israel. But you also know of the very famous, very well-known biblical story where 
there was a baby in question and the two mothers uh, were arguing and saying it was their child, it was their child. And then finally, um, God said, well, okay, you can have either, you know, we'll give, cut the baby in half and each of you can have half the baby. And the one mother said, okay, that sounds fair. And the other one said, no, 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 it's not my child. It's not my child. Let her have the child. It's not my child. And we know that that was the real mother because the real mother would never allow the child to be endangered or harmed. Well, same thing with dogs. So the woman who is the, you know, the soon to be ex-wife, I, I look at it and I say, wow, for him, get rid of her, get rid of her quickly because she's a bomb. Anybody who could hurt their child or their animal in order to try to hurt somebody else is a sick, perverted creep. Um, I've seen people try to do that because they, you know, they have a vendetta, personal vendetta against somebody because that person is prettier or thinner or richer or smarter or more successful, which is probably all of those things, um, or has something that they want that they covet. So they decide that they'll hurt the individual person, uh, but that along the way they may be causing the death and destruction of innocent animals, harming special needs children so that the special needs children don't get uh, uh, the free services or, or items or service dogs or whatever that they would have had otherwise. So these sick individuals like this woman and uh, in this case I'm telling you about, um, this woman really is, is just, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, is a scumbag. Um, she is just the lowest of the low. And there are a couple of those lowest of lows. Anybody who would harm a child or an animal or an older person, like an elderly person, somebody who's harmless and is defenseless, basically, and would hurt those individuals because of their own sick, demented, perverse, narcissistic, gaslighting purposes, needs to not really be on this earth. But you know what? I'm not the judge of that. So how did this end up, and why am I going into such detail about that case? I'm going to go back into the first case. When you are young and love and, you know, or you're moving in with a friend or you're moving in with, you know, a new girlfriend or boyfriend and like everything's wonderful because otherwise you wouldn't be dumb enough to move in together without agreements. We don't care if like, okay, you, you want my car. Okay. It's a car. But when we get into animals and this goes back to the top of what I started with, when it gets into animals, you need to have an agreement. When you go to adopt or purchase or whatever an animal if it is going to be your animal and you can see worst case scenario okay maybe you guys will last together for 60 years maybe you last for 60 minutes okay if you last for 60 years it's not the issue but if you last for less than that lifetime of that animal you've got a problem you need to contact either an attorney or a friend of yours who might um, be an attorney, somebody, and just say, hey, what kind of document do you think we should have? And sign that document, make it very clear in the document, who owns the dog, who pays for the dog, the fact that you are the sole owner, that if anything does happen to the relationship with you and the other party, that the dog or cat or fish or whatever it is, or bird, remains 
custodially with you and also legally as your animal. This way, you have in writing, if your, you know, love interest decides to be a jerk and do what these other people have done, then that person would not have like to stand on, so to speak. Now, judges, and especially in the state of New Jersey, oh my God, there's some of them that are just really joyous. Now, we know judges, prosecutors, uh, people in like the attorney general's office, people in political power, uh, they enjoy something called immunity. Now, immunity means even if they screw up, they break the law, they do everything wrong, they do everything illegally, immorally, and in every other way, you can't go after them. And you know what? That's a problem. That's the state of New Jersey, and that's what my my other show is going to be going into. Wait until you see that one. You want to see me on fire. And it is going to be exposing this kind of corruption. Now, we know New Jersey, although I love the state of New Jersey, I don't love the government of New Jersey in New Jersey. And this particular judge on this other case with the other uh, person who just lost custody temporarily um, of his dog, this is the state of New Jersey. It's just, listen, you know, even our independents are corrupt in New Jersey. We're, we're known for it, right? What other state would name, and I love this man, but what other state would name a rest stop on the Garden State Parkway after a well-known TV gangster, right? James Gandolfini, who is a wonderful actor. But really, do you know another state that would do that? All right. So this is just the way things are here. And I'm telling you that you never should be putting anything in writing. Don't text if somebody says to you, oh, I consider him, I love him like he's my own. Don't ever be dumb enough to say, well, you can think of him as half yours because you legally may be giving up your right to your dog or your cat or your animal because you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. But there are a lot of nefarious and really scummy people out there who they may video you. If you're having a bad day and you're yelling and your dog happens to be nearby, they may just video you surreptitiously, sneakily, like the little bug and insignificant peon that they are, they may be videoing you and they may want to use that later to harm you. So be really careful. I'm not telling you not to trust somebody, but put everything in writing. And if you include in your agreement, again, speak with an attorney, uh, if you include in your agreement that regardless of what happens, that it would only uh, any other uh, uh, issues relating to the ownership of the dog would be duly signed in front of an attorney or in front of a notary public so that somebody doesn't decide that, you know, a, a judge doesn't decide that because you were trying to be nice when somebody was at a low point in their life or whatever, um, that, you know, you were somehow giving ownership or custody of your animal away. So, Although this is very different and disparate from what we normally talk about, I do feel that, you know, this is so important. So how many of you right now have an animal with a partner, a spouse, a buddy, a roommate, whatever, and what would happen if you guys split up? Have you ever discussed who would get the dogs? And if you have discussed it 
And it seems to be like, oh, yeah, we definitely, you know, oh, you know, that dog loves you. I would definitely want him to be with you. Okay, you know what, say, would you do me a favor, honey? Just, it would make me feel better. Could you just, you know, can we just sign a little agreement? Because I really, you know, I heard this thing on on the radio, and I, I really am upset about it, and I can't imagine ever, you know, having a life without my animal. Um, would you do that for me? But that's at the very least. But if you are looking at getting an animal or really anything, get it in writing. And I know it sounds like, oh, what you mean you don't trust me? I trust you. Don't you trust me? Answer it with that. When they say, oh, you don't trust me enough? I don't know. Do you trust me enough? If we trust each other, then let's put down what our agreement is. We don't have to add something that's not true. Just put down in writing exactly what it is that your agreement and your understanding is. If something happens to you, who would get your animal? I mean, that's something that's very important. In case of, uh, let's say, an issue, would you want that animal to go to the other person you're living with or would you want that animal to go to somebody else? Who would be best able to care for it? So you can talk about these things, not in the context of, hey, if we break up, this is what happens. But if something happened to me, I would want Fluffy to go to blah, blah, blah. Who would you want Fluffy to go to? All right. If something happened and for some reason we weren't together anymore, who do you think Fluffy would be better with? Can we just put all this stuff in writing? And if you don't want to do it, hopefully it never comes up, but I've been seeing this so much. And and honestly, since COVID and the last election and all, Um, regardless of which party you blame, people really stink now. They're nasty, they're mean, they're they're just not nice anymore. I don't know, I guess nice is dead, Um, but it's really important for you to be able to be aware of all the different things that could be, and one of them is that you could have your animal basically stolen away from you pretty easily. So, you know, if if you are thinking like, wow, Dennis, this is like not exactly what I thought I was going to tune into today. Well, I'm going to say something to you. Good. Because that means you've never thought about it. And I want you to think about it because you can trust people. But when things go south and they go south badly, which a lot of, you know, listen, more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. I'd like to see for relationships of living together, how many of them go south. If you have it in writing and then they take you to court and they say, I'm going to, you know, I hate you. You cheated on me, even though you maybe did or didn't. You cheated on me. Therefore, I am going to take your dog from you. Ah, yeah, I have an agreement. Remember you signed it? Yeah. So it'll be quick. It'll save you tons of money because these cases can cost twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on a case. It's not unusual. And listen, if attorneys are charging somewhere between three and $600 an hour for a, a decent attorney, um, you know, and most of them are more like 400 to 600 an hour. Do you have that kind of money to go spend 50 or 60 hours for an initial pleading and, and then potentially for the defense, which can be a lot more than that. If you have that kind of money and you don't care if you possibly are going to lose then don't listen to me, but I'm just telling you that, Having a dog, especially, or a cat that you um, are feeling, you know, this 
passion and love for and having a, an opportunity that somebody is going to make it look like you're beating your dog or you're kicking your dog or you're yelling at your dog. There are people, and I see things that I wish I didn't see, and I know the side of many people that it isn't nice, it isn't pretty, it's, it's ugly, and it's despicable. And I'm telling you that I want you to think about that, not in your relationship, but in what would happen if the relationship were over or were tenuous and somebody's trying to take your animal or accusing you of, let's say, of abusing your animal. Because in the courts, um, if you had like what they call an order to show cause, like let's say if you wanted to get back at your ex because your ex cheated on you, even though you were nasty, you know, obnoxious and, you know, fully deserving of, of maybe of whatever action the, the ex did. But if you wanted to get back at that person, it's pretty easy. You can you can go get video or you can dub things or, you know, make up fake videos and say, look, he's yelling and screaming and, you know, hitting the dog, even though the video is, you know, maybe of the floorboards. But you could do all kinds of sneaky things if you were a really, you know, scummy person and low life, which hopefully all of my people here are not. But you, you may be with somebody who's not the same uh, caliber as you. Um, you know, financially, economically, physically, or emotionally, or just, you know, as far as having class. Um, I would never do something surreptitiously and sneakily because it's not the way I am. But there are a lot of really sneaky people out there who will do things to try to um, make themselves seem more important, like, you know, the gaslighting narcissists. And we know, we all know some because it seems that this it's uh, it's more common nowadays for this to be happening than probably ever before in history because people have become extremely selfish and all. So let's say for you right now, we look at it and we say, what should I do? Hey, Janice, all right, you got me. You got me. Uh, I'm thinking now. I'm really thinking about what should I do? What kind of um, action can I take? Because I just got a puppy or I just got a kitten or just rescued a dog. I love this dog so much. I love my dog more than anything in the world, which is what should be, right? What should I do? Because we already have the animal. Well, that's where you have a, a nice sit down when you're having a good time and you sit down and you say, you know, then again, you can change what you want to what works best for you. But sit down and say, listen, you know, I was thinking about what would happen to, if something happened to you or to me or to both of us, what would happen with our pet? Where would the pet go? And what would happen if someday, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we weren't together anymore? I don't want to think about it, but what would happen if we weren't together anymore? Where, who do you think Fluffy would be happier with? Like, where do you think we would be better? And see if you can open up that conversation. And at least then the other person also knows that you're thinking about this. But see if you can't ink out some kind of an agreement written agreement. And, you know, if you can do it more formally with a witness there, that's even better, have the witness sign. Um, or if you can do it in front of a notary public or an attorney who can sign off on it, then it's really a, a legally binding agreement. But I have seen so many of these cases, and the one that I told you about earlier, um, the one is is still pending now, 
Uh, the other one is pending, and I have to do some work on that case. But um, I'm figuring out which one of the family, the she or he, uh, the ones with a thousand mile uh, discrepancy in their locations. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I believe the dogs would be happier. But I have discovered already, uh, based on what they've said, that this is a super bonded pair. And the cruelest thing they could do is to separate the dogs so that each of them had one dog, because I think that would be very deleterious to both of the dogs and would probably cause an earlier demise than it would have been if they are able to stay together. But think about that. Think about what you want for your animal. Think about what you want for yourself. And who would you want to have there who might be able to take care of your animal in case you or your significant other were unable? You might find some very interesting things. It might start an argument, but uh, more likely it'll start a discussion of, oh, honey, I'll never leave you. We'll never split up. And that's great because in that spirit of love and camaraderie and kumbaya-ship, and so now it's a word, I just made it up, kumbaya-ship, you may be able to get something that will protect you from problems in case you ever do split up. You know, nobody gets married unless it's, I guess, for citizenship. Nobody gets married to get divorced. Nobody adopts a puppy to give it back. Nobody adopts a kitten to give it back, right? So if things go badly, I want you to be protected. I want you to be safe. I want you to have your animal. And I don't want you to have to spend twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of money you may not have to fight to get what was yours. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you have like AKC papers or a legitimate ones, because most of the, the papers you get from, you know, if you get anything from a mixed breed dog, it's a, it's a mutt, those don't really count. But things like having the microchip in your name, having all the vet records in your name and paying for all the vet records. If you want that dog to be yours later, then the responsibility is you'll have to pay the pet insurance in your name. You'll be paying vet bills in your name and not taking money back from it because if you pay the vet bills and then the other person reimburses you, that's showing that it's their dog, right? If you are the one who is paying for the food, keep your receipts. Or if it's an account, make sure you have access to that. If you go away and you're paying for a pet sitter, make sure you keep track of that so that it proves that the whole time that it's your dog. Now, if somebody comes in and they bought food once or twice or some treats or something like that, well, that's a gift. That's fine. But the basics of food uh, location, like if you have, if you are a renter and you have your dog listed in your lease, and let's say it's both people are listed on the lease, but the dog is listed in there, say, and you, you, you can change at your next date, uh, change your lease to say, um, and the dog, you know, Fluffy owned by Joe Schmo, um, blah, blah, blah. Because the more you have that you can go into a crooked or a legitimate uh, courtroom uh, with a proceeding and you can say, hey, I got the dog. This is who I got the dog from. The dog is saying it's my dog or I paid for the dog. I paid for all the vet bills. I paid for all the food. 
Um, I pay for every time the dog, you know, has some kind of an issue. I buy him his treats. I buy him this. I take him grooming. The microchip is in my name. The paperwork is in my name. Um, and I have this signed agreement that states from the other person that this is not their dog. This is my dog that's living in our joint domicile. So there are a lot of things, and that's why I said this is a great discussion um, for everybody, and it, it's probably going to save a bunch of people in the end. Unfortunately, if you split up with someone, it's going to save you, though, from having to potentially lose your dog or have some kind of crazy joint custody uh, you know, with somebody who you don't want to have anything to do with. I've seen cases where the party who sues for custody of the dog is claiming that the other party harasses them. Well, wait a minute. If you sued me and then you tell me I'm harassing you, wait a minute, you just took the action against me. You're the one harassing me. So you have to look at the way things are. If, um, you know, if somebody is coming after you constantly to claim that, you know, you are somehow at fault, well, is that a person that you're going to be able to trust with, you know, custody agreement with an animal? And, you know, if both of you say, you know, I would like to have joint custody. I've, I've seen that. I had a couple in Jersey City that split up. They were adorable. They had two uh, Jack Russell mixes. And they did great together. Like, they truly, you know, they broke up. Each went their own way. But they both lived in the area, and they would, you know, shuttle the dogs, you know, back and forth from what Jersey City to Hoboken, which is a, a relatively short drive. And both dogs were pretty young, so it was fine. And one would take them up to her, his country house. The other would, you know, keep her, you know, keep the the, the two dogs um, in the larger apartment that she had um, during the week. So it worked out really well, like joint custody of a, of a child. But again, the issue is make sure that whatever you're doing, that you are um, having whatever it is in writing, you have a clear agreement, and that if something happens, make sure that that's outlined um, and make sure that it's signed by both people. Again, if you can have a witness or if you can have a notary public or an attorney, that's great. Um, But I wouldn't look at it, if I were the other person, I wouldn't look at it as, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe what you're doing. You're trying to, like, you you don't have faith in us that we're going to make it. I'd be looking at it as, wow, you know something? You really love that animal like I do. Let's do the right thing for our animal. And that's really what this is all about today is make sure that you have plans for your animal. The other thing is if something happened to you guys, you should have in the agreement um, something stating who would be taking the dog or the animal. And maybe you leave a little life insurance policy like I have for my dogs, um, leave a little life insurance policy, even a $10,000 cheap little policy, or leave $10,000 in your will for the care of that dog and don't give it in one chunk. You know how long and how much everything costs for your dog and how long you, you think the dog would probably make it. You know, stole out $500 a year or $700 a year or, you know, quarterly, $300 a quarter, whatever it is that you feel will be for the, you know, vet insurance and the food and whatever other things. And do that so that the dogs are provided for, your animals are safe, and that there is enough money 
to take care of them. People don't think about this until it's too late. And unfortunately, in my line of work with being an expert witness on these types of cases, among other things, um, and on bike cases, I see a lot of these custody things come up. And it's really, really disgusting how a, a bad judge or a bad judgment can just harm the animal, not just the person, but can harm the animal. And once you have that animal harmed, I'm sorry, that makes you, that puts you in a special place because there is a special place in hell for people who hurt animals or who use animals as a uh, pawn, uh, you know, against another person. I just think that's like the the most sick, demented thing you could possibly do is trying to harm an animal or a child because, you know, you are, uh, you know, you want the animal, right? So... Hopefully that's helped you guys and you now will be thinking a little differently about that. And we will be back in a little bit with the second half, which is from shelter dog to service dog. And we'll be back in a moment. And welcome to from shelter dog to service dog. Today we're going to be, talking about how you can not only just train your dog, but some of the ways in which you can prevent issues in the future. Now, if you were listening to For the Love Dog just before this show, you were listening to some pretty spirited legal discussion about the different states and the different ways in which somebody can try to hurt you if you split up with them or change your romantic interests. Um, and it's really scary how crummy some people can be, right? They can just be very, very mean and to a point where they just don't care about the animal even because they're so hung up on trying to harm you because you've done them wrong. Sounds like some bad country western song, you know, like he going to steal my hound dog and he took my pickup truck to steal my hound dog, and then so I popped his tires, but then the dog got ejected and killed, all right? That's exactly what can happen, you know? Unfortunately, um, people tend to get very angry, and they stop thinking rationally, and sometimes you'll actually hurt the exact person or animal you're trying to, to help because you get very angry. And, you know, the old adage when we were kids, two wrongs don't make a right. No, but... You know, two wrongs um, can cause, you know, somebody or something to to uh, pass or to have issues. Um, I've, I've seen some crazy things. Now, when you have a service dog, because we all know there are no legitimate licensing agencies yet, although we're working on it and getting closer to that all the time. So all these places that pop up on Facebook or social media, you know, register your animal as an emotional sport dog. Register you know, your dog as a service dog, uh, you know, and if he needs a muzzle, that's fine. You know, if he's not housebroken, all oh, that doesn't matter. Just, you know, make sure that you go in quickly and get out before he pees all over everything and marks his territory. So it is an issue because if you do have a dog who is listed in your, and forget about in writing because there is nothing, There's, I mean, 99% of what you see online is BS, as we all know. 
Um, so if you decide that, hey, I need a service dog, and you've been listening to me and you know a lot about how to train them, although you know maybe you're at the 3% level and I'm at 100, but most people are at a 1% or 0%, so you're three times better than they are, you should start really thinking about having also legal basis um, to protect your dog. Let's say, for instance, um, you know, you are, you know, over, uh, over 18, so you're of age of majority. And let's say, let's say you're 20 and you've got a dog that you've put the time into and it's actually a legit service dog. It does tasks for you. Maybe it does comfort, which we, we that's what we call it. It's depressure therapy or the dog does some other thing, which hopefully it does. Um, and if that dog is something that you need to function, especially in those cases, you should have some sort of legal document from your family members, from people around, uh, if let's say you're living with somebody else who you're unrelated to. Because if that dog, we know that all these, you know, licenses and, you know, certificates and fake ID cards, you know, U.S. service dog registry, you can register your dog. We don't know if it's a legitimate service dog. I actually took one of the tests of one of these fake, ridiculous, quote-unquote, registries, and I went online. You can do this, too. It's really funny. And it asks you all the questions. And do you feel better when you have your dog? Yes. Do you feel less stressed? I wrote no. And then it came up with another 15 or 20 questions. Do you this, this, this? And you keep going through. And then it comes up with, like, do you feel less anxious while petting your dog? And you write, yes, yes, well, then your dog is a service dog and it can be protected by law. No, it's not. It has to be task trained. But these places are scammers. Like, they are all scams. There's not one of them. Can you imagine? It's like, do you know how to drive? Yes, I do. Okay. Do you know that the gas pedal is the right one and the brake pedal is the left one? Yeah. Okay. You can get your driver's license. Here's your driver's license. We'll register you on this site to send us $200 and you are now a licensed driver. Can you imagine? That would never go for it. Well, how can you take an animal that could be literally a hazard, a danger, a threat to people if it's not properly trained? How do you take that as an agency, as any kind of reputable agency and say, oh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, your dog is a service dog. No, it's not. It's really not. You're just lying and, and a scammer yourself. So assuming you have a dog that's either legitimately in training or you have a dog who is legitimately going to qualify as a service dog, meaning that the dog has been task trained and that he's got all of his public access and he is not a danger to himself or to others, all of these things. Once we have this, from that point on, you need to protect yourself as well. You need to protect yourself to make sure that the animal that you have put that time and money into and all of your you know, stress and, and all is also protected. Because if somebody complains and says, well, that's not a service dog, well, I mean, what's your disability? I don't, you know, you can say this out loud. Obviously, I can't hear you. But think about what's your disability? Do you have a legitimate disability? Is your disability PTSD? Yeah, that's legitimate. But how do you explain to somebody that your service dog 
is helping you with PTSD when your former roommate or former love interest tells the judge, well, that's not true. He doesn't have anything wrong. That He just made that up so he could get a card, an emotional support dog card, all right? Or let's say you have seizures or you have diabetes, but it's somewhat well-controlled, right? So, well, you don't need a service dog, right? I had a case where there was a young lady um, and she had one of our service dogs that was impeccably trained, and her dog was denied access to go into her school with her until I testified in Pennsylvania in U.S. District Court, and we got that dog allowed, um, you know, to be in as her, you know, as her um, diabetic alert dog and seizure alert dog. And the the school actually, you won't even believe this. School actually said, well, you know, the um, the the dog isn't really medically necessary because. She hasn't had more than two seizures a year in the last several years, so the dog isn't medically necessary. Oh, so did you just graduate Columbia um, Medical School or maybe Harvard with a degree that says that you're an expert on damn seizures and on blood sugar issues? Is that you're an expert? You're going to take – because how many seizures a year is 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 too many? Like how many is okay? I don't know. To me, two seizures a year isn't okay. All right, unless you're having them, not you, but, you know, the proverbial you, the idiot you's out there. So it's, again, very good to have, because there are no legitimate registries, it is good to have your doctor's note. It's good to make sure that the dog is licensed in your name and not in somebody else's name. It's important to have, if there is a microchip, that you do have the microchip listed in your name and that you have some sort of an agreement, even if it's, you know, with somebody you trust, you have some sort of agreement that says, in case, let's say I move out, in case you move out, in case we are no longer together in each other's lives, whatever it is, in the event that that happens, it's understood by both parties that this is my service dog, that this dog has been trained to mitigate my disability and that the dog will remain in my custody and ownership until the day it dies. And make sure you're protected, again, because, you know, it's always funny, I think, or odd, but funny when people say, oh, you know, I should have done that when you told me to do it. How many times do we say that in life, right? Oh, my gosh, I wish I had done that. Yes, exactly. We'll do it. Because whether your dog is your dog and you've bought the dog and paid for the dog, if somebody, uh, you know, somebody else takes the dog, even though you'll, you may win, it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars to have to fight this. And is that really what you want to waste your money on? Especially maybe money you don't even have. So, you know, a lot of times in, in life when people are, uh, you know, trying to harm each other, you know, they don't even have the money. It's not even about money. It's about having those people uh, acknowledge in writing that this is your dog and the dog is going to remain under your control and that it is not their dog. So I'm just going to leave you with that today of, you know, you can trust people, but if things go south, if things are bad, are you going to lose your dog 
or your service dog? Is that what's going to happen? Because if you have anything like that happening in your life, you may wind up having that issue and then you're going to be kind of stuck and SOL, as they say. So make sure you have, like uh, like I started at the beginning, strong fences make for good neighbors. Strong fences make for good neighbors. So please make sure you take care of everything that you're supposed to be taking care of and do the right thing. Take care of your animals, have things in writing. And you know what? If somebody complains, you're dating somebody and they go, oh, I can't believe you would do that. Well, you know what? I can't believe you would be offended because you know how much this dog means to me and that it's my dog. And you'll find, you may find out ahead of time, uh, you may want to plan some uh, alternate arrangements out because it's very possible that this is going to stir up some, some other feelings. Anyway, I'd rather know that my animals are safe and that they're mine and that they're not going to be going to the wrong place. And, you know, it's super, super, super important for everybody to know that, you know, listen, you know, it's got to be this way. You've got to be able to take care of these animals. You've got to be able to provide for them, make sure that they'll be safe and cared for just as you would do with your own children. And I can't believe it's almost an hour and we're done with our show today. But this is a very spirited one and we're going to have much more spirited ones in the future because you guys know everything. I've taught you everything. And now we're going to go into some really cool topics every week. Have a wonderful day for those of you who are moms or doggy moms. Happy belated Mother's Day. And I hope that you have a wonderful, spectacular week ahead. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. 